Blog Talk Radio. Well, hey there, Dr. Ross Green here, as always, coming to you live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in sunny Portland, Maine, uh, with another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. I don't know if we've seen the sun in Portland, Maine for about a month, but um, there it is up there. It's still there. I've been all over the place lately, and a lot of people haven't seen the sun recently, Um, mostly clouds, and a lot of people in a lot of different places are wishing winter would end, Um, not in the form of tornadoes, of course, that sometimes signals the end of winter, but just in the form of being able to see the sun. Um, So finally today here in Portland we can do that. I hope it's uh, sunny or soon will be wherever you're living. I'm glad you joined us today. It's another edition of the Parents Panel and our last until September, if you can imagine. Um, We take uh, the summers off on um, Parenting Your Challenging Child, and this is the last um, parents panel, at least. Um, We won't be doing it in June, July, or August, but we'll be back in September. Um, So as always, we have uh, Susie and Anna on with us today. How are you, Susie? Good. Thanks, Dr. Green. How are you? Hi, Anna. I'm well. Hi, Susie. Anna, how are you doing? Green. How are I'm you great. both? Enjoying um, the fun. Yeah, you get into, oh, yeah, I, I was in your neck of the woods uh, the last three days. People are wishing for sun in your neck of the woods as well. You're getting some today? Today is sunny. Today we are happy. Good. Um, excellent. So, you know, we sometimes talk about what we want to talk about on this program before we um, actually go in the air. And one of the things we've been tossing around is, um, can everybody use this model? Um, can you use this model if you don't have a mental health professional to help you out in using this model? Do you need a mental health professional to use this model? Are there parts of the CPS model that can be helpful to you even if you don't feel like you are um, able to do Plan B as well as you like and don't have anyone to help you? Um, That's the general gist of things today, and we're happy to have people um, who aren't on the parents panel, of course, weigh in. The phone number is 347-994-2981. And that doesn't have to be the only thing we talk about today. If you're a uh, parent and you are struggling with a behaviorally challenging kid or some aspect of the CPS model or want to weigh in on today's topic or any other, 347-994-2981. But let's let Susie and Anna weigh in on this topic first. Um, I have no preference on who goes first. Anna, Susie, what do you think? Susie, you go first. All right. Um, In thinking about this, I guess I wanted to say that the Plan B approach and philosophy is based on talking, listening, and empathy, and that anyone can learn that. 
getting to the point of doing it perfectly is a long way off for everybody, certainly including me. But even if you get it half or three-quarters way right, you see improvement. Um, I guess I also wanted to say that I was very uh, lucky in that I I did have help um, from a therapist uh, with our challenging child. Um, we found someone whose philosophy and approach made sense to us. Um, and um, prior prior to uh, finding this particular mental health professional, we had uh, seen somebody else who um, uh, made me feel like my son's challenging behavior was my fault. It was because I was inconsistent and just not sticking to my guns and not being strong enough. Um, and he, uh, this other therapist had, had believed in um, consequences and punishment, which only made things worse. Um, our, our son was deteriorating, um, I think as I've mentioned before on this program, um, with the first uh, therapist, and so uh, we were on a waiting list to get in to see the second therapist, um, and, and, you know, we just tried to be patient, and um, it was certainly worth the wait because... my child-rearing philosophy and the therapist meshed. Um, and it certainly wasn't something that I was brought up with, but it was, it was how I wanted to raise my child. So let me ask you a few questions before Anna weighs in. This, you need to be firmer you need to be stronger. Um, did you think of yourself as not being strong? Um, because I find that solving problems collaboratively takes a great deal of strength. Is strength really the key ingredient? Um, when I was imposing consequences and punishing, unfortunately, no, I, I did not feel strong. Um, but as in using the Plan B model, in working mutually satisfying solutions out with your child by doing that, you repair relationships and um, there is a, there's a strength, a different kind of strength, but a strength that comes through that. 
in your relationship with your child. Anna, what do you think? Uh, I think about the strength thing here. This is funny, kind of. I think I'm a strong person. I was when I was younger. I was very athletic. I had a very physical job, and so I always viewed myself as a very strong person. And I think, in a way, that uh, learning to bend and be flexible. Maybe I actually saw his weakness and maybe that's what prolonged my agony with my son for as long as it did because I thought if I gave, that was a sign of weakness. So interesting to look at it that way. I don't look at it, I hadn't actually ever looked at it that way before as far as strength, but now I would say yes. The model has given me a different kind of strength in the certainty that I'm doing the right thing. Isn't it? I think that we have, this is not the only realm in which a willingness to be adversarial and a willingness to be punitive and a willingness to engage in conflict is viewed as strength. We um, see saber rattling from our politicians sometimes, and we are told that if we are not willing to put lives of service people on the line that we are at risk for not showing the appropriate degree of strength when in fact I think it shows a great deal more strength when we are willing to collaborate and work through means that are not punitive and not adversarial and not conflictual but Um, The same thing is applied to parenting. If you are not willing to be adversarial and punitive and engage in conflict with your kid, then it must be because you're wimpy and a wet dish rag and namby-pamby. And um, what a great injustice we've done to parents to make them feel that way, when in fact I think it takes a lot more strength, if that's the word we want to use, to... um, solve problems collaboratively. But yes, and I get the feeling that you do have a strong personality. It's interesting that you've never thought that way before about it. Um, have you had a mental health professional tell you that you were being weak and um, too flexible and that you needed to show more strength by being more firm and punitive? No, no, I didn't actually, I haven't had that happen, but... I certainly internalized all of his behavior as my being weak and not consistent and and uh, I didn't need anybody to tell me that. I was completely convinced of that on my own, that uh, it was all my fault. And if I was more consistent, like Susie said, he wouldn't be that way. And so, yeah, I, I don't... I didn't even, I was so convinced that it was my fault, I didn't even think to go for help. And and it's not actually in my nature, again, maybe the strong thing, to ask for help in that way. I'm pretty uh, self-directed in a lot of things that I do. So we never did that. Actually, until... The So here is where the model has given me a strength, because now that we are 
seeing different professionals and the, even at school and his teachers and everything is now I have strength and I say this is how we're dealing with him. We are always thinking he is doing his best. We are always going to approach him with empathy and compassion and it, we're always going to listen to him. So now I have a strength of certainty that before people were telling me, you know, be more firm, we're going to do this, we're going to consequence, we're going to praise, we're going to reward. And I'd be, okay, let's do that, let's do that. You're the expert. And now I don't care what your piece of paper says, this is what we're doing. If that makes sense. Makes sense to me. <laughs> it makes sense to me too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um. Susie, what's it feel like to be told that you are um, weak by a member of the mental health profession? I was getting scolded weekly that, you know, not to tolerate disrespectful language or physical aggression. It It's a terrible feeling. You're... Um, this is your... You know, I grew up with the idea that the doctor's the authority, and um, if you take your doctor, or your child to a doctor, um, you respect what they say, and you're feeling terrible already that things aren't going well between you and your child. Let alone now to have it compounded um, with this supposed expert telling you that you're really doing a terrible job um, just adds fuel to the fire. So then you learn how to do CPS. Yes. And you, like almost everybody, run into some trouble along the way, Mm -hmm. which causes many to throw in the towel and feel that they can't do it, because it is hard to do, especially in the beginning, and sometimes even further along. So now let's get to our real topic of the day, although I think that that's an extremely important topic that we were just on, but could you have done it without professional help, just by reading a book, just by hanging out for a while on the Lives in the Balance website? Are there people who are definitely going to need a clinician to help them out? Uh, As relates to your personal experience and perhaps others who you know of, what do you think? I think that it is possible not not to have a mental health professional help you through it, a, a clergy person, a friend, um, somebody that you know, um, a family member, um, to, to help talk you through it. In our particular case, um, it, was, it was pretty dicey and... Um, you know, uh, our our son's explosions were 
were uh, extremely frequent and quite severe, so much so that, you know, we came to um, think of a residential treatment facility for him because life in our house was just um, such a nightmare. Um, So for me, I... I like to think I would have been able to do it, but I but I think the reality is that I needed um, a mental health professional to help us through. Let me put it a different way. Mm-hmm. What are the parts of the model that you felt you needed a little bit of a assistance on? And what parts do you feel like you could have done on your own, just by reading and by browsing? Um, I think one of the things that was hard for me was to understand that the right solution is the one to be worked out between you and your child and um, that it that it addresses both parties' concerns, that it's mutually satisfying. I thought for the longest time that I had to say it perfectly and that it was up to me to come up with the um, answers. But once I could let go of that idea and rethink it, um, I, I think... Um, that was something that you could certainly do on your own. I think it was difficult for me if my son um, got very frustrated and angry and had a meltdown during our discussions um, that part was um, most difficult for me to just kind of step back and remember that, um, you know, he wasn't, not to take it personally, and he wasn't, he didn't really mean the things that he was saying. He was just sort of um, in a different frame of mind. Is is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, I'm just wondering what parts of the model you felt you needed the most help with and what parts you feel like, you know what, this part I didn't need that much help with. Um, this I could have gotten by reading, okay. being on the web. It, it, the one thing has always been... Uh, tough for me is the drilling down piece and I probably don't take it as far down as I need to but then that's okay because if we've worked out a solution the solution probably won't work out because I didn't have enough information, so I just have to go back to the Plan B drawing board 
and revisit it, and then I usually do get to the bottom of it, the -hmm. problem. Anna, did you get help um, professionally in implementing the model, or um, how'd you? How? What was your journey? I uh, was. My son was having a very hard time. It was about the end of grade one, and he was having meltdowns every day. And I was asking for help from different peers and his teacher, and just trying to understand what was going on. And uh, you know, the school was very. We're not seeing this at school, but at home he was he was quite brutal. And uh, so I was on the internet and. Funny, back to the strength thing, even to the point where a friend of mine in the schoolyard said one day, you know, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, oh, please, just move on. We don't need to talk about his feelings. Like that that nurturing kind of like toughen up. We're, we're a very toughen up kind of family. And so I was on this website that <laughs> this is what happened. I'm on a website and it's talking about, you know, you just have to talk to your child about their feelings. And then if they, they're, if you have this connection, they will listen to what you want and, it, and you will, it, the child will be more compliant. And so then I thought, okay, I will try this. I am desperate. So I, it's time to leave the schoolyard. And I say, it's time to go. And he has a a stick or a bat or something so I'm like I understand you're sad and mad but we have to leave and he's hitting me with the stick and I was like okay I understand that you're sad and mad but we have and I'm trying and I'm like this is ridiculous I'm being beaten in the schoolyard in front of the entire world by a five-year-old so I take the stick away I you know talk to a very good friend I'm like this is absurd and she's like yeah that's that is absurd he's hitting you with stick so I came home and I go back on that website and I'm like, I'm going to write that person and tell them they're absurd. And then I see this little line and it said, if this doesn't work with your child, you might want to read this book, The Explosive Child. And as soon as I saw that title, I'm like, oh. So I Google it. I found out it was at the library. I jump on my bike. I pedal to the library. I check it out. I came home and life was better instantly. And so I didn't have help, but I was at the point, what do they say? You'll change when staying the same is more painful. And that was certainly <laughs> the point I was at. I was and, ready um, to try anything. And what's your definition it made sense of strength and now? it worked. Sorry? What's your definition of strength now? Uh, I would say... I would say, hmm, it's kind of, there. I have lots of different definitions. I, I feel that you want me to say collaborating and uh, no, no, no. problem solving. I'm, I'm, and, I'm pulling for nothing. Uh, so I still have a, recently in our, I still view that physical strength as strength. And, for example, I'm at the library program, and they were using a glue gun, and my little guy, he burned his finger on the end of the glue gun. And I, we had had this conversation in my home where we were saying man up, and so I, we said, no, we're going to say woman up. So I'm at the library. I said, he's, oh, my finger. I'm like, woman up. Keep going. So still strength for me is based in the physical world. Uh, self-assurance and knowing knowing your mind 
is I view as strength and uh, and being willing to try new things when things aren't working I would say is uh, I would view that as strength too but that was what on the spot you... and probably if I thought about it I'd come up with a different answer that's all right what 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 would you want to say to parents who are where you were at a while back um, about strengths and um, people saying that if their child is misbehaving, it must be because they aren't being strong enough. Any pearls of wisdom for parents who are listening now and who are grappling with the um, you're not strong enough thing that they so often get? To be strong enough to to stand up and do something that's different from what they're telling you to do. So when so to I I would say the strength comes from saying I'm not going to reward and punish. I'm actually and it does it is a daily battle for me to uh like I feel I still have to be strong to stand up against the current of you need to be stricter uh being democratic is why he you know that whole I feel very strongly the the current of behaviorism and the right and wrong and punish and reward. And so it takes a lot of strength on my part to stick to my guns at we will discuss, we will proactively problem solve, we will collaborate, we will listen, I will listen. So that's, I don't think that answered your question. But I would say to somebody who, sorry? uh, One of the things I always say about strength is that it takes strength to solve problems collaboratively, but you've added another form of strength. It takes strength to be brave enough to buck the tide and do something different. Um, That takes strength, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people are more susceptible. I feel susceptible to the peer pressure especially when he misbehaves. Say more about that. Uh, when he is... Um, if he uses rude language, for sure, that for us is a... I don't... I don't want to say it's a plan C. I just... Understand that when he uses rude words or when he swears, that that is he cannot find other words to use. And so there's a, there's a, it doesn't matter if he's tired, hungry, upset, he's not allowed to swear. Is a, it, it, that, that is a daily thing that I'm hearing in my ear, that you should never let him speak that way to you. But the other, I, so there's a, there's a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, I, I feel eyes on me, whether there is or not. When he misbehaves, I feel under a microscope. Mm-hmm. And even though I know my stance is right, I still, it, I still feel it. 
an interesting concept. Every time a kid misbehaves, it must be the fault of his parents. Kids misbehave or exhibit behaviors we don't like over things that may not have anything to do with their parents at all. But isn't it interesting how often parents feel judged and that it's their fault? I just wonder how often they'd feel that way if they weren't so often being given the message that um, it's their parenting that is solely responsible for the behavior of their kid. It's a very um, one-sided way of looking at things. Um, You know, there are infants who are born with difficult temperaments. It's easy to blame parents for not being responsive, but there are some kids who are just born with difficult temperaments. Um, Fascinating paradigm. Susie, you want to weigh in here? I just wanted to say about the peer pressure and feeling like your your parenting skills are under the microscope we i had a similar situation um with our son though it was a family member who um meant well but would uh constantly um give advice as to how I should be doing things with our son. Um, That person wasn't comfortable uh, that we were no longer punishing and imposing consequences. Um, And and it was, uh, that was a difficult situation. You know, some... uh, relationships might get bruised along the way because what you're doing really is looking at your child a different way and uh, thinking outside the box. Another form of strength, not just bucking the societal tide, but um, being able to respond to well-intentioned people, perhaps relatives, perhaps grandparents, who are telling you the way they would have done it, perhaps in the good old days. More strength. Boy, this CPS stuff takes strength. Yes, it does. But it also, as we've said gives one strength on a lot of different levels. How do you mean? Um, well, as you as you work with your child, work through problems together, and and solve them in a mutually satisfying sort of way, doesn't that, that gives me strength um, in terms of my relationship with my child and my parenting skills. So I'm going to, 
paraphrase, you seem to be saying that you feel stronger now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think we should have had this be the topic for the day, but I think it has sort of turned into that. Annie, you said absolutely. What do you mean? Or, oh, yeah, I can't remember which of you said absolutely and which of you said, oh, yeah, but why are you feeling stronger now? Uh, for, for the reasons that Susie said, for, for, uh, cause of, uh, a sense of certainty and, and, uh, because now it, I, it, I have that strength to withstand the peer pressure, or even the familial pressure too, Susie, I get that, uh, I have a big family mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm the youngest and, so I uh, I get that too, and so yeah, absolutely. Now that I have strength, I can stand and take my my closest one of my closest friends is a behaviorist, like has that behavioral. I think it's called behaviorist. That's a type of professional way of thinking: reward, punishment, reinforced behaviors, and and. Uh, so we're on opposite sides of that with every conversation. So now I have have the strength to, I mean, she's a professional and I can still, okay, go about your behaviorist ways, but I'm not doing it. Fascinating. We have so many parents feeling like they are weak and wimpy and doing things supposedly to help them feel like stronger and more decisive. Actually, I was talking to a mom recently and telling her that her decisiveness isn't working so well for her kid because she's got a pretty decisive kid too. And being super decisive in terms of what should happen, what the solution is, which serves many people very well in the workplace when they may not have to deal with a kid who could blow at any minute. Um, Interesting that being decisive as a form of strength often doesn't work so well when you have a behaviorally challenging kid, especially since that kid may be pretty doggone decisive himself. And I've often summarized that in a math equation, inflexibility plus inflexibility equals meltdown. Um, Decisiveness plus decisiveness does not equal a mutually satisfactory solution and often equals a meltdown. Amazing the message that's being given to parents about how they should parent when we have two parents on this program who are feeling stronger for having done things in a completely different way. Fascinating. When I read that line in the book where it says uh, inflexibility plus inflexibility equals kaboom, it was like the clouds parted (sighs) and the angels sang. And I think going back to the strength, it was my strength that kept me locked in this inflexible <laughs> battle. 
for so long. And uh, as I saw strength as being inflexible or decisive, I saw that as strength. So I had to be stronger and stronger and stronger. I had to, like, be the winner of this. That just sounds pathetic when I say it now. <laughs> I had to win against my three-year-old. Uh, I, big... Oh, sorry. Go yeah. ahead, Susie. No, please. I, I was just going to say, I think that there comes a strength because you're trusting your instincts and you're listening to your child. And that that just accounts for so much of it. I love what you say, Ross, about uh, that you you don't have explosive kids and you know what, that makes me lucky. Mm. And I think that is, as long as uh, we're looking at our well-behaved children and saying they're well-behaved because I'm a good parent, then the opposite holds true. They're misbehaved because I'm a bad parent rather than I'm lucky. <laughs> well, the other thing you said that I wanted to glom onto a little bit was the whole concept of winning. Um, many times, parents and educators and all adults feel that if they if they don't win, then the kid's gonna win. Um, and the worst thing they could possibly do is have the kid win. Um, like, doesn't that just sound ridiculous? <laughs> but people say oh it constantly. My gosh. Well, and, you know, the, the CPS model skirts the issue anyways because, as I always say, that's, that mentality is a win-lose mentality. If I don't win, then I must be going to lose. Um, not good for my kid to win. CPS is a win-win proposition, as I always say, and so it skirts the issue by saying that you're both going to win, but isn't it amazing that we are all also so consumed by the need to win? Boy, I don't know. I don't know. Is that survival of the fittest? Is that capitalism? What, what happened to us that we are so consumed with winning? Um, I'll tell you some kids who impress me. The kids on my son's hockey team um, are seldom especially troubled if they should happen to lose. They, they do everything they can possibly do to have more goals than the other team. They play as hard as they can play, so it's, but it's not fear of losing, and it's not i got to win. It's just a heck of a lot more fun to try to get more goals than the other team. But the cool part is, once the game's over, if they should happen to come up on the short end of the stick, which they sometimes do, um, first of all, great preparation for life, because you can't always win. But what message are we giving kids if we're showing them that we always got to come out on top? It's a, sort of a fascinating thing here that we've stumbled onto on this program. What, what do you all think? This capitalism, survival of the fittest, this, we're obsessed with sports and you've got to win. I mean, I can't even remember who won the Super Bowl this past year, although I bet if I tried, I could. I know it wasn't the New England Patriots. 
people in these parts were really upset because we didn't win, but I don't really remember who did win. What do you all think? Anna, you and I were talking briefly a little bit ago about an article that you read, I think, that just cements this point about this generation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm interested, I was in the store and, I, and I, a magazine article caught my eye about the, I think they call them Gen Ys, like the youth of today, the, I don't know, 15 to 25 year olds, something like that. And I find that society is very against these kids, they're entitled, and it really upsets me all the time because I have kids in that age bracket. And I don't find that to be true. I find them to be the most amazing kids. So if I see something that maybe puts a positive spin on these on this age group, I I'm, I I try and read it. And what it said, one of the things it was talking about kids in the workforce and the trouble that they're experiencing. And one of the one of the points was that they're I want to say bosses or higher ups they're running into trouble because the people more our age. Susie, Dr. Green, and I, we learned about winning from war and sport. And the kids today learned about winning from collaborating and video games where you got to try again and try again and try again. So when they come upon a problem, they collaborate with their friends and they keep trying until they find a solution as opposed to hiding their failure, hiding their you know, trying to figure it all out for themselves and find out the answer before the next person. So I found that a really good kind of gave me hope that the CPS is really a wave, not just for uh, behaviorally challenging kids, but for kids, for all kids. I love it. Yeah, it was great. There are definitely some video games that are totally about winning and that um, are about winning through violence, but there are certainly video games that involve collaboration. And there's some very cool stuff that goes on in schools these days, responsive classroom, open circle, lots of different types of programs that are aimed at um, helping kids be part of a community and in which they do have to collaborate with one another. Um, You know, I think you lose in life almost as often as you win. Not a bad idea to um, show kids, well, first of all, to show kids how to handle losing, but secondly, to show kids that sometimes it isn't even necessary for someone to lose. You can roll with win-win. But... um, We've got about two minutes left for this final parents panel of this broadcast season. Any final thoughts from Susie or Anna? Go ahead, Susie. Um, I just wanted to say that even if you can just begin to start the Plan B model and, and start with the beginning steps, you get better at it and kids begin to respond to it. And life gets better. Um, I think I've said before, there's no magic pill, but Plan B gives us hope. Good words to end the broadcast season on. Anna, any final thoughts before we 
call a halt to all of this madness for three months? <laughs> Kids do well if they can. Not if they want to. Empathy and democracy. Empathy and democracy. Good words to end on. Thank you both for serving on the parents' panel this year. I think we've had some great programs, and I certainly get that feedback all the time. So I appreciate to both of you the time that you've both put in. Thank you. Entirely, Entirely my pleasure. And we're going to sign off for now. We'll be back with the next parents' panel, the first or perhaps the second. I haven't looked at this calendar, but in September of 2014. Take care, everybody, and take care. Have a good summer. And Susie. Bye, Susie. Bye, Dr. Green. Bye-bye. Bye, Anna. Take care. Bye, Susie. You too.